Hello and welcome to Stump Death and Taxes. This one's gonna be a little weird. Yeah, now this is the Monday of the Easter octave and I have titled this episode of the podcast, Who Wants to Live Forever? And uh, yeah, I'll get back to that title in a moment. I'm going to go back to my work history. My first actuarial job was at TIAA-CREF, which is now branded TIAA. And it's just, I believe it's just TIAA. And here I'm going to rattle off a spiel. The TIAA-CREF, TIAA-CREF started out as TIAA, which was Teachers Insurance and Annuity Association, initially when it was founded by Andrew Carnegie. Um, and it was intended to provide a portable retirement for teachers, but really university professors. And it was going to be an annuity that they could take with them from university to university. And their employers, the universities, would provide a defined contribution amount and they would get annuity credits. Well, it would be an accumulation. And then when they retired, that that accumulation would be a guaranteed annuitization amount. Then later, CREF came along. They had to make CREF, I believe, in the 1950s because of inflation and other things they needed. The College Retirement Equity Fund, that's CREF, to provide an equity portion that would be a variable annuity with actually it has no guarantees. Uh, TIA CREF had some very unique products. I'm sorry to say very unique products at the time. And TIACREF is a mutual insurance company, meaning all of the money, all of the capital, all the surplus, it's all owned by the annuitants, the policyholders. It doesn't go to any kind of shareholders. So that gets plowed back into the annuitants. I had worked in the actuarial department, and one of the things we did was model out the annuity cash flows in retirement so that we could support. We wanted to make sure all the money gets back to the annuitants and we, it was very complicated and obviously I'm not sharing any proprietary information. The, the whole point was to equitably give back all of the accumulated surplus and capital to annuitants during retirement. And one important parameter of this projection is something called omega. Now, this is actually a standard parameter that life actuaries use. And you're going like, what the heck does this have to do with do you want to live forever? Well, omega is where we stop our life tables, which is, of course, our death tables. Omega is the maximum age we allow you in our modeling to live to. Okay, now long, long ago, and this is well before I ever was probably even born, Omega would be something like 100, uh, because in general, people didn't live that long. Uh, and even for those few people that lived past 100, 
that long ago, a lot of the products cashed out at age 100 anyway. So there were like whole life policies that if you made it to 100, they didn't wait around for you to die. They just gave you the value that the death benefit value at age 100. And like, okay, we're not waiting for you to die at this point. You made it to 100. Here you go. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> and even at TIA Craft, I remember, and I, I think they may have even switched over this uh, tradition while I was there. I heard it. It was rumored. It used to be that the annuitants, when they turned age 100, got some personalized greeting, congratulations or something, um, supposedly a handwritten card or letter from the CEO. Supposedly too many annuitants were reaching age 100. They still got like a card or something, but it was pre-printed. Uh, th there was just way too many of them to have a, a handwritten note from the CEO. That is what I heard. They, we definitely had a lot of annuitants that were age 100 and older at that point. We even had some that were 110, if I remember correctly. In any case, uh, it was pretty standard to have Omega at 120 years old. Uh, when I was there. That said, when I was doing modeling, because we were modeling out like a hundred years or even more, and we were putting in some what we considered reasonable scenarios for longevity, uh, that 120 wasn't cutting it. We had too many annuitants percentage-wise making it to 120 with our mortality improvement assumptions that, you know, <laughs> we had to push Omega out. We were pushing it out to like 140, and then we were having discussions of how far we should put it out. Um, so that's the technical side. I'm going to jump away from the technical side for a moment and just talk about when I've been at actuarial conferences, I have discussed with other actuaries uh, situations of, you know, not would you want to live forever. We're trying to be realistic here. But what if... No, realistic Omega were 150 or 200 years old. What if we doubled people's lifetimes? What do you think? Would you want to live a longer life? And I remember being at one of these conferences and there were three other actuaries at the table with me. Um, and I know at least one of them was a retirement expert. And if I remember correctly, she was retired officially herself, but she did go around to actuarial conferences and often gave talks in, in this and the other. And what surprised me all and the other people at the table were older than me. And I was probably in my thirties at the time. And I was a little taken aback that, you know, they were saying they did not want to uh, you know, live older. They didn't want to live into their hundred, you know, to be a hundred. And I was kind of taken aback, but they, they got into details. Basically they had been taking care of older parents and some of them had been through the experience of seeing what happened to their parents in old age. The issue I have been seeing, and I, and I've seen this with some of my older friends as well. My own mother just turned 70. And so I just revealed her age. Whoops. Uh, love you, ma. Um, and that's not really that old anymore. And what a lot of people don't realize is how we have pushed aging out as we push mortality out. And a lot of people had been concerned that as we're pushing life expectancy, and when I say life expectancy, I am talking about 
Um, expected age at death, um, you know, given your current age. And that's different from what you hear in period life expectancy, and I'm not going down that path right now, um, that people were concerned that essentially there would be a longer period of decrepitude. Um, and that's not actually what has happened. So there's morbidity, which is kind of illness and being disabled and, and not f being, you know, it's just that frailty and that kind of thing. And then, of course, mortality, and that's death. Well, it turns out we've not only been pushing out mortality, the mortality curve, and there's something else called squaring the mortality curve, which we have seen aspects of. Um, but we've also been pushing out morbidity, that people have been getting ill or having those issues of old age at older ages, that first heart attack or dementia, that it's actually been setting in at older ages. So that's a good thing, okay? Um, so even if we do push out that omega, if we push out death, that doesn't necessarily mean just like those old Greek myths of the guy who turned into a cricket <laughs> because she asked for eternal life for her mortal lover. Yeah, the Athanatoi, the deathless ones who don't think, oh, right, I should have asked for eternal youth as well. That part of the reason we are living longer is we are actually, old age can be looked at as a disease that causes death. Even though they can't put down that people died of old age, really what old age is is all of those things that make us frail. It is, you could look upon it as a disease. So let me go back to that original, do you want, who wants to live forever? Um, yeah, that's, I'm thinking of the Queen song from Highlander. Uh, of course, I love Queen and I liked Highlander and I like any any movie that has a Queen soundtrack to it. Yes, I like Flash. Ah, Gordon. Yes, it's incredibly cheesy, but it's a lot of fun. So I was the odd person out. I really thought it'd be great to live to be 150 or 200 years old. And that's even after having grown up reading Isaac Asimov and his Spacer versus the Earthlings a series like the um, Robots of Dawn and Caves of Steel, where he has the spacers living to like 300 years old versus the Earthlings who had their short lives, you know, they die at 60 or whatever and being very crowded. And the concept was the spacers lived these long, boring lives and they didn't take any risks um, versus the Earthlings. And they were the ones who were going to go out and explore the universe. Well, I don't think that's actually how it plays out in real life. Uh, in terms of how people actually behave. Um, but, you know, we'll, we shall see. I used to scare the crap out of my <laughs> TIAA coworkers, uh, in finding longevity research from Aubrey de Grey and the Methuselah, uh, project. And I said, you know, do you know who the first people would be to find these longevity solutions and try it out on themselves? It'd be university professors and the researchers. Um, and of course, rich people, but, uh, and some of those people would be TIA, uh, customers. So <laughs> yeah, like, ah, uh, they're going to live forever and they're going to be our annuitants. Ha 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 ha. Um, yeah, that's how you scare an annuity actuary. Just, just an FYI. And TIAA is 
basically one of the very few companies. I mean, and it's the big company that actually has people who they have annuities, deferred annuities, and they annuitize. And of course, I have deferred income annuities with them. And because I had been an employee there, I have products with them. I can't take the money out except as a lifetime income annuity when I retire, because that was part of my retirement plan at TIAA. So I'm looking forward to that in, uh, you know, 20 plus years or so uh, when retirement may come. And if there is some longevity breakthrough, who knows, I might not be able to annuitize until 100 plus years, or we might have to rethink the product entirely. So we'll have to do innovation. Anyway, it's, you know, stuff that I like to think about. And even so, so when I think about these things, and I, yeah, this is during Easter time, you can talk about, you know, living forever in that sense. Anytime we, we think about human longevity, there's always going to be a finite limit. It's always going to be short. When we think in terms of time and think of, you know, the earth has been around for billions of years and then the dinosaurs were millions of years ago. Humans as a species, the hominids, maybe a million years-ish. The recorded human history, a few thousand years, maybe. And even the earliest is kind of iffy. Um, you know, our archaeology, how far past... That only goes back a few thousand years. So when I'm thinking of that and we're quibbling over whether people might live to be 200 years old, you know, that's really short term if you really think about it. <laughs> so something to think about on Easter Monday on tax day. <laughs> oh, well, enjoy. So that's been Stump death and taxes and no it's not living forever it's just increasing lifetime maybe a hundred percent and that's still very short in my opinion talk to y'all later bye